Chapter 28, October 1994, age 39. The phone rang twice as Robert unlocked the front door. He ran to the kitchen and picked up the handset from the base. Hello. Did I interrupt you in the middle of exercising or something? You sound like a choo-choo train. It was the voice of Anthony Ruggiano. No, I just... What's going on? Listen, Nicky wanted me to get in touch with you. He's going to be down there for a few days and wants to see you. Where's he going to be? I'll come see him. He's staying at Fountain Blue Motel. Meet him in the restaurant at noon. Robert was a few minutes early to the meeting with Nicky and got a table for both of them. He ordered a soda water for himself and looked over the menu while he waited. Despite being out of the inner circle of the mafia for a few years, Robert kept tabs of what was going on. Nicky and Lenny had become very wealthy men with their hands in the tills of various operations and schemes. After John Gotti was locked up in 1992, both men were promoted to capos and became part of a ruling board that ran the Gambino family while Johnny was in prison. Nicky was a very smart man, and with the right moves, he could easily make it to the top. During the summer, Robert had found a job as a commercial cleaning supervisor and was doing fairly well at it. He had also renewed his commitment to attending AA meetings. But by that time, he knew the routine. He'd get sobered up, things started going well, and then a lucrative but illegal opportunity would arise. Soon he was making lots of money, and that soon led to loose living, which included gambling and drugs. Once he was at the bottom, he'd get sober again, and the pattern started all over again. The thought of falling into that pattern again made him anxious. But this was Nicky, the man who took him in and treated him like a son. This was the one person who gave him reason to believe that he could actually amount to something and be somebody. Unlike other made men, Nicky overlooked Robert's major blunders, such as playing the horses with a $12,000 craps bank. Something like that could have easily gotten him killed. Nicky not only overlooked it, but he covered the debt for Robert until he could pay it back. In Robert's eyes, Nicky was a good man. Robert, you look like a million bucks. Robert stood and embraced Nicky as he walked up to the booth. You don't look so bad yourself. Yeah, he said, examining his waist. My wife has me on a diet. I guess it's working. The two men sat down opposite each other, and the waiter took Nicky's drink order. How's the baby? It's Brianna, right? Yeah, she's doing great. I just got to see her and Lauren just a couple of months ago. They came and visited. That's great. And you've got a steady job? Yes, I'm a supervisor at a commercial cleaning company. I make sure all the bums are doing their jobs. Nikki chuckled. Speaking of clean, I heard you've sobered up. Seven months. Nikki nodded. Sounds like you're doing great. The two men ordered medium rare T-bone steaks and then continued to talk about family. When both steaks were gone, Nicky wiped his mouth with his napkin and took a sip of his tea. I've got an offer for you, he said as the waiter took their plates away. Are you interested? Robert was prepared to answer such a question if it were to arise, knowing Nicky would evaluate his commitment by the response. Without hesitation, Robert said, sure. Nicky patted Robert on the arm. You're looking at some good money. Maybe you'll be able to move your baby and Lauren down here. A sense of pride and acceptance filled Robert. That Nicky offered him work, especially after all the times he'd blown it, verified what he had hoped all along. 
Nikki truly held a special fatherly love for him. Nikki pulled cash from his wallet and laid it on top of the check. Sid will call you tomorrow. Nikki smiled as the two men stood. He hugged Robert again. It's really good to see you. Be sure to say hello to your mother for me. That night, Robert's sleep was sporadic. He finally got up and went out to the patio to light up a cigarette. His mother didn't allow smoking in the house ever since she quit many years back and became its number one enemy. She was especially critical lately since she just lost her husband to lung cancer. So Robert smoked out of sight from his mother to avoid a venomous lecture about how it would send him to an early grave like his father. And even though she was already gone to work, Robert knew that if he were to smoke inside the house, she'd still be able to detect it many hours later. So he honored her order and smoked for the first few minutes of waking while taking in the view of the bulbous clouds looming over Coral Springs. When he drew the last drag from the cigarette, he put it out in the ashtray on the patio table, blew out the smoke lingering in his lungs, and went back inside in search of a glass of orange juice. He started to open the refrigerator door when he noticed the small magnetic placard clinging to it. He took it down and read it out loud. The happiest people don't necessarily have the best of everything. They make the best of everything. He smirked as he placed the placard back onto the fridge door and removed the orange juice from the top shelf. Make the best of everything, he repeated as he poured his breakfast into a tall, clear glass. Over the course of the morning, Robert made the decision to work for Nikki, but not giving up his job as a cleaning supervisor. That weekend, he went back to the Blue Fountain Hotel, where he spent the next couple of days on the Miami beaches hanging out with Nikki.